0: Everybody, Alex Newman here, and uh, we have a very special guest, Carrie Baldwin. She's an independent author, researcher. Uh, she's a co-author of this book right here, "Faith Seeking Freedom: Libertarian Christian Answers to Tough." Questions and boy, are there some tough questions. Uh, she's also on staff with the Libertarian Christian Institute, and I have to say I was very intrigued by the name because I've often thought of myself as a Libertarian Christian. But you know, the name Libertarian has kind of gotten, as you know, associated with killing babies and using the force of government to redefine marriage. Uh, but you take a pro-life position, and you say the Libertarian position must be pro-life. Uh, explain.
1: So, libertarianism is based on two fundamental principles. The first is the principle of self-ownership, which is the idea that no one has a higher claim on your body than you do, um, and that that's what gives you your negative rights, the right to not be aggressed against. And uh, that leads to the second principle, which is the principle of non-aggression, which says you are not allowed to initiate aggression, force, fraud, or violence against another Uh, another human being so when it comes to the question of abortion obviously the first question is well is a fetus uh, or an unborn baby a self-owner does it have rights and um, I make the argument that the fetus from conception from the moment conception is complete uh, is a self-owner and therefore has a right to not be aggressed against Um, and so if those things are true then libertarianism is necessary Early pro-life.
0: I happen to agree with you, but is, where do you discern these principles from the Bible? I, I'm very familiar with the libertarian idea of non-aggression, the non-aggression principle. Is that a biblical principle or is that a political idea?
1: Um, so as far as non-aggression or self or self-ownership
0: both I guess
1: yeah so when it comes to self-ownership we would say that what God has given us is a self stewardship right so God owns us but he has given us responsibility over our own lives right so um, I am NOT responsible to take care of your life for you um, I am responsible for my life right and I cannot intervene with that I can't murder you I can't steal and we know that because that we have the Ten Commandments for example so scripture talks about how you cannot murder you can't steal it recognizes property rights um, and it recognizes the the, the life of the, the unborn uh, um, so we would actually say that libertarianism is the best uh, uh, expression of Christian political thought and um, and um, so uh, we don't like Christianize libertarianism, but we believe that the principles that are um, explained by libertarianism are true because they are written into the fabric of reality that God put them there. So that's how we, that's how we talk about that.
0: So, a lot of Christians, especially in the modern era, I think, I guess it's been going on for hundreds of years. So, what Romans 13 says, you just need to obey the government and stop asking so many questions. How do you, as a libertarian Christian, Christian deal with those verses that say, you know, you need to obey the government, you need to submit to the government?
1: Well, we would say that Romans 13 is prescriptive, not descriptive. So, Romans 13 is not describing what the state is doing as it exists, right? If we were to take it that way, we would have to say that what somebody like Hitler or Stalin did was ordained by God, that God had approved of that. But that creates a contradiction, right? Because those governments murdered their own people. Those governments stole from their own people. And so how can we say that Romans 13 is describing the state? Well, it's not. Romans 13 is prescribing what civil governance ought to look like. Right? So the civil authorities should be punishing evildoers, and the principle for that is found in a principle called Lex Talionis, uh, which is essentially the eye for an eye principle, and that principle. Um, Is actually a maximizing principle. You cannot go beyond an eye for an eye, right? So it's putting a limitation on what sort of reaction you can have to a rights violation. So when we look at Romans 13, Romans 13 is putting a limitation on what civil governance can do. It's not baptizing everything the state does.
0: Freedom is the cure. You're dead on. This is the largest experiment performed on human beings in the history of the world. The more you know. What they're doing is they're forcing vaccination on people. And I believe they are killing people with this vaccination. The freer you are. It's murder. They are basically murdering people in hospitals. The all-cause mortality we know is now higher in the vaccinated group than the unvaccinated group. Stay informed on the issues that affect freedom. Get a subscription to The New American today, thenewamerican.com. Do you believe that all Christians then should be libertarians if they are properly understanding scripture?
1: well there's a good distinction to make between philosophical libertarians and political you know the the political party um i would never say that a christian needs to you know register as the libertarian party and vote the party line um i do think that uh libertarian principles are um, certainly something that Christians should look at and really examine uh, alongside Scripture, and if they're convicted of that, I think that's, that's the best way to go as far as political philosophy is concerned.
0: Awesome. And before we let you go, tell us a little bit about the Libertarian Christian Institute, the motto, Making the Christian Case for a Free Society. What do you guys do, and um, how do you do it? Opposing empire since AD 33. You guys have been around for a while. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so we do make the Christian case for a free society, like we said. We believe libertarianism is the best expression of Christian political thought, so we tried to make the case to Christians that you can be libertarian. This is something that um, is not only compatible with with Christian theology, but is really born from Christian and Christian theology in a way.
0: Uh, um, Even on like drugs and prostitution. Yes, and,
1: in fact, we have an entire chapter in this book on Christian ethics, um, and we we address the prostitution question. We address the drug war question. Um, The prostitution question is really a matter of um, giving women the opportunity to get out and a lot of times what happens when a woman gets trapped in prostitution she's not able to get out because of the stigma associated with that um, and you can very easily get siphoned into the criminal justice system that's
0: um, and, that,
1: um, and they can get they can get siphoned into a criminal justice system that exploits them even more so when we talk about decriminalizing prostitution it's not because we endorse prostitution it's because that's the easiest way to get women out uh, who have changed their minds about about being involved with that um, and the same thing goes with the drug war um, people tend to take drugs because they are uh, escape trying to escape a child with trauma or um, or something of that nature and putting them in prison uh, or exploiting them to find a, a drug dealer doesn't doesn't do them any good And so uh, we want that decriminalized so that they have an opportunity to actually go through rehab and and get healing and then become a productive part of society.
0: Fantastic. So uh, where do people learn more? Uh, LibertarianChristians.com. You have a personal website also, you mentioned?
1: Yeah. So my own personal website is MereLiberty.com. And um, I've done a lot of work on the abortion issue, uh, which you can find at MereLiberty.com slash abortion. Um, And I've also talked about the prostitution issue on my podcast, and, and a lot of other uh, issues related to women and Christianity and libertarianism.
0: Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Carrie. Appreciate you speaking with us.
1: Thank you very much.